Hello, everybody. Welcome to Management, Marketing, and Money. One of these days, I'm going to get that right. Sorry, money yeah. is always, I can't help but say money is more important. And you hate me for this one, but I, do. I don't the, care. The listeners hate you for this one, too. <laughs> they like, love it. No, no. Whatever. They... Every time they hear me introduced, they're just like, yes. You know they are. You you wait. Watch the fan mail that comes in this week saying. The hate mail? <laughs> Please get a new host. Someone who actually knows what show they're on. So this is your uh, your uh, sidekick host, Ethan Miliori, and... <laughs> Ryan Murray sitting over here across from me, giving me grief. So write him some hate mail that, that we should change it to money, management, and marketing. Can't be hate mail anymore. <laughs> has, to, has to be equal respect mail. Okay, equal respect mail. <laughs> so uh, today I think we have a great topic. Um, you and I have discussed this one for years. Yeah. Years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we haven't done an episode on it before now, but that we've touched on it. I mean, this yeah. sneaks its way into a lot of episodes. That's very true. But yeah, we're dedicating this. So we're, we're going to focus solely on the concept that um, I'm working to get things done instead of working for hours. Yeah. Right. I, I'm working to accomplish things, not working for hours. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, and, and put it on the table right now. It's not, it doesn't work in every situation in every industry. I.e., if I'm in retail and I need someone to watch my front cash register, I need someone doing hours, right? Right. Right. Okay. They, they got to show up on time to make sure that the store opens. Right. You know. But there's a lot of positions in, in most businesses and especially when you get into, uh, you know, I'm going to just generically put it into, you know, professional occupations that, uh, you know, a lot of management ones, uh, middle management, upper management. Uh, I mean, and the list goes on. I can think of so many positions, even in the world that you and I live in, that so many people are still stuck on this. Uh, I got to put my hours in. Oh, yeah. Right? Got to get my hours in. And so there's a lot we're going to talk about today. So, so let me see. I'm going to start off okay, with okay. a case study because you know I've done a case study on this one. Uh, a I, case study? Maybe <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> but uh, when I was introduced to this concept years ago, and I don't even remember what I was reading or how it came across my desk, but uh, I fell in love with it and I thought, I, I absolutely believe in my world that uh, this is uh, a better model for productivity than focusing on hours. Mm-hmm. And, and you know very well that in that scenario, I've asked uh, employees underneath me at times to say, hey, look, I want you to get everything done you can this morning, right? I don't just get it done out of the way. And then I don't care what you do this afternoon, but you have to tell me what you're going to do this afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't care if it's going to the gym. I don't care if it's, hey, I, I want to go look for a blouse for my granddaughter online. I don't care if it's, hey, my kid has a school play, um, but I want you to see how long it actually takes you to get your normal day-to-day activities done, and then the rest of the time is yours. Um, Ideally, it'd be nice if you'd figure out ways to help better yourself Mm -hmm. with that time instead of just wasting it uh, so that you're still productive. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I've always been amazed that uh, almost every time I have run that case study, uh, um, the report comes back after the week we do it that uh, 90% of the time, given, you know, sometimes we just have 
glitches, most people can get their day-to-day obligations done in three to four hours. Yeah. Three to four hours. Mm-hmm. And they're usually even eight hours to do it. Yeah. But, so, But that, when you're focused on hours, what do you do? You drag it out. I'll you do a little fill bit. your hours. That's right. That's right. And, and, and that's, okay. Like I said, there's so much to talk about, but that's one that I really want to hit on right now is when people aren't, uh, you know, when, when, when they can get their job done in three to four hours, what do they do with the other, if they work a typical eight hour day, what do they do with the other four to five hours that aren't needed? Yeah. You know, so. Well, and you know, my attitude, I, I would love to see them fill it with innovative things that they want to do professional development. And I even put, you know, if, if health is important to you, then I'm fine if you go to the gym. Yeah. Right. Because it makes you a better employer, healthier employee. Uh, I support it. But most of the time people are sneaking stuff in where they're like watching YouTube videos or here's the one that I love. They start gobbling it up in stuff that looks like it's productive when it's really Really detrimental, like meetings. Yeah. So if you have people, so human beings get bored and boredom is something that we don't like to deal with. And so we will do things to avoid boredom. And so if I've got excess time at work and I start getting bored, I'm going to start filling that time. Well, if I have this back of my mind, I was raised to, you know, work hard, have good work ethic, then I'm going to fill that with what I think is productive. And I see this happen a lot with businesses where they'll start filling it with meetings and those meetings will be very chit chatty. Now I need to back up here for just a second (laughs) and say, I am a huge advocate of chit chat meetings when you know that it's going to be a chit chat meeting. Like I start the majority of my meetings off with, Hey, let's catch up and we'll spend 20 minutes just, you know, building a relationship because you'll work harder and better for someone that you trust and you know and like. And, And so I'm not talking about, hey, everything needs to be, let's get to business. I think it's, is it Jeff Bezos who says a sign of, uh, mismanagement or poor management is communication. It's a horrible quote. I totally disagree with it. (laughs) That is a horrible quote and we'll stick it to him. (laughs) Uh, But you know, what he's trying to say is that if you have to talk about something, you don't have an efficient way to do it. So think about starting your car. Do you have to say, okay, should I put my key in the ignition or should I put my key in the uh, gas tank? And then, you know, your counterpart is like, well, I think the ignition would be a better option. And you're like, no, I'm going to try the gas. You know, if, if you start realizing how ridiculous I'm getting right here, that's the point that he's trying to make is, you you know, the car is so well developed that you get in, you start the ignition. It's pretty well worldwide the same model. I mean, some people drive on the right side, some people drive on the left side. But, you know, in terms of the functionality of the car, it's pretty much universal. And, and so, you know, that's what he's saying is, you know, it's deficient to have to communicate about that. But I'm like, well, okay, but you need to have those relationships. And so if you're dealing with machines, sure, you don't want to talk to your machine. But if you're right. dealing with people, you want to talk to those people. So I, getting back on track, you know, I look at these wasteful meetings. And what it is is when people, people think if they have an agenda that their meeting is effective. No. No. Well, <laughs> The, when you, why we're ranting on meetings, uh, 
during COVID when all of our meetings were Zoom, yeah, how short were they? They were like half to a third. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right? And so that's my standard now when I think of a meeting is um, I'm not here to I, – I agree with you. If we need to have some social aspect to it, get it in and get it done, but then get the rest of the meeting done. But it, uh, COVID told us clearly that we waste so much time in meetings. Well, and here's the simple gauge. At the end of the meeting, do people, did they enjoy that meeting or not? Yeah. And if they enjoyed that meeting, that means that there was something positive that came out of it. It was maybe fun. It was productive. If they didn't enjoy the meeting, you have a problem. And so, honestly, just look at how much do people look forward to meetings. Now, I also understand that there are some, you know, there are some tasks that need to be taken care of that aren't always enjoyable. You know, when right. when when you're looking right. at doing a, uh, you know, an audit of your health care, uh, like you might not enjoy that meeting, but it still could be productive because you're negotiating the best rates for your health coverage for your company, you know? And so that's what I mean by, did you enjoy the meeting is saying, okay, at the end of the meeting, did you walk out of there saying, well, I'm glad we got that done, even though that was kind of a long meeting, I'm glad we got it done. Uh, And so, which goes back to the, the whole concept here of, you know, get paid to get things done, not, you know, if if Not I just could, to fill time, yeah, if I could get a meeting completed in five minutes or two hours, and I still have the same net effect, take the five minute option. Right. Oh, oh yeah, totally agree. Um, so let's jump to, uh, and I want to share another example. Um, you know, we live in a state where uh, various, you know, mining is still significant, you know, right. Utah has a ton of natural resources. And as long as your state has lots of natural resources, there's always going to be some level of mining. And, uh, so I've been in, you know, sat in a number of different, uh, industry meetings tied to, to mining. And one thing that the mining industry, uh, at least throughout our region has said is that we're having a harder and harder time to get employees. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's not just mining, but continue with this example. Yeah. And anyways, as we started exploring it, um, because, you know, mining is, uh, you know, some people try to treat mine or mining as a four-letter word, and but it has its place and it still does a lot of good. And, it, you know, and the mining isn't just, you know, depending where you live, you know, some people say it's coal and it's horrible, but everything, everything in your cell phone is mined. Yeah. Right. And your electric car is oftentimes powered by coal-fired electricity. (laughs) And everything that go into your batteries is mine. So um, you can't, you just, you can't get away from it. Not not with our standard of living. And not with our current technology. Correct. So um, even though I think good strides are coming and battery technology is increasing, which I'm really glad to see because it was so far behind. But squirrel. Okay. So sitting in there and the one gentleman... Um, kind of the old school mentality, you know, says, well, yeah, we hire people, they're there for two weeks, and then they're gone, okay, tell me more. Well, you know, like we just hired a guy the other day uh, to do some welding for us. He comes on board. I put him on the belt line for, you know, a month because that he needs to pay his dues. <laughs> uh, literally, quote, unquote, he needs to pay his dues. I'm like, did you just hear yourself? You hired someone who was highly skilled as a welder, and you said, we're no longer going to pay you to do what 
your skill set is, you're going to just do dumb work mm-hmm. and you wonder why he bounced, right? Yeah. yeah. You wonder why he left to go somewhere else. Okay. And, and uh, I'm like, you got to get past that mentality because see, that's the mentality of you're going to get paid to work hours. Yeah. You're not going to get paid to be efficient in what you do and what we've hired you to do and to be effective. Okay. And get the result done. Okay. You're going to do, you're going to do dumb work. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and to me, that was a huge, uh, red flag that, all right, if the whole industry is still that way, no wonder why you have a hard time finding people. So, I, I want to use this to springboard into one of my concerns with this whole concept of you pay people to get things done, and that is the importance of leadership. So you just gave a great example of someone, you know, I would classify that as horrible leadership. Yeah. And you cannot pay people to get stuff done if you have bad leadership because they need to know what needs to get done those tasks need to be lined up with the betterment of the company. So if there's a misalignment, then you can't just pay people to get stuff done. And so I've seen companies that try and go, you know, I mean, there, there's that famous, I think it's a book initially. I know it's there is, there's the, a book four hour work week. No, well, there's, there's a real common one by, uh, I think it's David Allen or Dave Allen. Um, called Getting Things Done and uh, Crucial Conversations. I think it's called Crucial Learning is the parent company. Anyways, they have a program based around that book solely. Yeah. So if you if you go looking out, there's some great information on it. However, it's, it's more about productivity versus uh, the mindset that I get paid to get things done, not to work hours. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a shift, even though the concepts are in there. Yeah. And, and so... I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you know, using the case of that uh, mining director where he wanted to stick it to this new hire and, you know, make him pay his dues. And I'm like, well, yeah, no one, no one's going to get paid to get things done when they're so misaligned that they can't get things done. Right. And, and so if you if your company has tried to do this where, you know, you're listening to this podcast and you're like, you know what? We've tried to give people flexibility. We've tried to, you know, go to a shorter work week and pay people to get stuff done and all these things, and it and it's failed. I'm like, there are so many case studies out there that show that this is a more effective way to oh, operate. Yes. So if it's failed, you need to take a hard look at your leadership. And that's tough because that's looking at you. You know, that's that's you analyzing yourself because you're the one in charge and making changes. And so, you know, you got to set the ego aside. You got to set the pride aside. You got to go to your employees and say, hey, am I a micromanager? Yes. Oh, so that's why you guys won't do stuff because every time you do stuff, I come in and change it at the last minute. I come in and micromanage you. I come in and tell you everything is wrong. You've got to have trust of your employees. You've got to trust that they want to see the success of the company You've got to get rid of people who don't want to see the success of the company. Like there's some serious leadership skills and I don't want to pull this into a leadership episode, uh, but there are some serious leadership skills that have to be in place in order for this to work. Well, and it's, it's shifting the, your, your focus of your organization to look at productivity versus hours. Yeah. Right. Cause so often we think, all right, they need to be here from eight to five. 
that that's what's driving them to be here from eight to five is not the productivity. It's the fact that you say you need to be here from eight to five because I'm going to pay you to work 40 hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus, uh, the, the mindset is, Hey, look, I'm going to find incentives. Okay. Because the, the working 40 hours, eight to five is actually a whip. Yeah. Right. It's not an incentive. It's right. a, it's a whip. Right. Okay. So the incentive is, look, uh, this is, our, this is our goal for the week, right? Uh, we need a hundred widgets produced, um, or we need X amount reports created, or I need to contact so many clients, right? Um, so when it's productivity based and I can track it, okay, then they can work at whatever speed they want. And my argument is, is look, if you're efficient, and I'm going to use the word efficacious because I, I think it talks about, uh, you know, being efficient and effective, mm-hmm. Okay. So if it, if and you're it effic- sounds cool when you say it, <laughs> all right, efficacious. <laughs> so if you're efficacious, it's like synergy, <laughs> synergy. <laughs> Sorry. I'll keep, I'll stop derailing you. <laughs> I'm not going to use efficacious anymore. <laughs> um, then, then you're focused on how, how can I be the most efficient and effective, right? Mm-hmm. Because those are different. They don't mean the same thing. They are different so that I get the highest outcome in the shortest amount of time. And so when I start looking at it from that mindset and I have incentives based on it, you know, it's always interesting. If you go tell your kid to clean his room, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to go out and play. No, go clean your room, right? Go clean. No, can I, I want to watch TV. Go clean your room, right? It takes all day long to get the room cleaned. Right. But if you say, hey, look, I'm leaving in 30 minutes to go get an ice cream. If you want to come with me, your room's got to be cleaned. That room is cleaned, right? Right. Yeah. Get guaranteed. <laughs> Okay. Employees are the same way. Right. And so when you incentivize them and you have ways to track their success, then you stop worrying about what hours they're working because if they're meeting their goals, okay, if they're meeting their responsibilities, it doesn't matter anymore. So I, I, I want to clarify and put the three categories out there that matter because you got to understand the different positions that you have within yeah, companies. I agree. So you already Good. talked about the first one, and that is where there is a time requirement to the position. If you have someone, you know, you use retail as, as an operation. Or, or receptionist. Or, yeah, a at, receptionist. At the front desk. You know, uh, like... I personally want to see that, uh, you know, the police officer works his full shift and doesn't, you know, end uh, early yes. just because there's no immediate crime happening right then. Like I right. just knowing he's there makes me feel good, you know. Right. So, so there are positions, but uh, I would say understand that the hours worked become the productivity. And so you can still use these concepts where it's, it's like you're, you're trying to incentivize this person um, and, and there are ways to do that. And, and I think that that'll, that'll be better explained as we go throughout this episode. But I want to talk about the other two categories here that uh, are important to understand. Most people, most businesses that I work with, understand how to do this with salaried employees. But they fail miserably on hourly employees because they'll take a couple approaches that are less efficacious. Nice. I know. I was smooth. That's a big word. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Felt good. <laughs> but they'll take a couple of approaches. So one approach that I've seen is things slow down. You know, you're on a, a production line or you're in a restaurant or something like that. Things slow down. And so you send people home early. 
well, people are excited to get sent home early because they like the time. But then when they see their paycheck and they just got yeah. shorted three hours, they're and not. All of a sudden, oh, the ends don't meet as well as they did last month or last week or, you know, whatever it is. Then, you know, that that actually was a disadvantage to them. Now, some people like it. Some people, their life situation is such that they don't care because they're not real tight on funds and they want to go play. But most people have some set budgets that they've got to maintain. And so when you start sending people home early, it's really you know, counter to in, you know, incentivizing them, you're disincentivizing them. And so, you know, that's one problem. And then the other problem that I'll see is where people will only give the benefit to salaried employees because they feel like they can't do it with hourly employees uh, because they're like, well, you know, they have to get their hours in. And so, and then it, it creates this, this kind of glass ceiling situation where everyone who's getting salaried loves working there and everyone who's hourly employees hates working there. And it's very difficult to just, you know, some companies can make everyone salary, but most companies can't. That's right. Because there are positions that don't work well for salary, they don't they don't earn enough. Uh, they are maybe an entry level position, an internship type position, right. a part time position. You know, so there are a lot of reasons. Or the uh, you know the position is is almost a little bit contract based, and so it does need to keep track of the hours, billable hours type things. You know, so there are a lot of situations where you can't just go salary to all of that. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how to manage this with salary and hourly, so that you can do it in your organization and not be limited to only salaried employees. Uh, Well, one example that um, I have experienced Mm -hmm. is um, I, I, because I still want them to be more efficient in what they do, right? Right. And so a lot of times I'm like, look, get your work done and then let's figure out other things that we can do with your time that make you uh, more beneficial or more employable or uh, even to the fact that, you know, yeah, I'm happy to pay for additional uh, education, because it makes you a better employee. Uh, matter of fact, a scenario dealing with right now, um, uh, we need some individuals uh, with some certifications, and generally they're not incentivized to do it. And um, in this case, they're they're what we call off contract, so they're not they're really not obligated to do anything while they're off on contract. Yeah, but. Um, it's important enough that it, we need to be done that. So we put a bonus tied to those certifications that, hey, look, if you're going to teach these concepts, you need to have the background and the paper to vouch that you know what you're doing, right? Yep. So so um, as an incentive is use your extra time to do that one. And not only that, but for each one of those that you acquire, you know, there's a, a, there's a nice bonus that goes with it. Mm-hmm. So, so when they're not having to do their work and they have some extra time as an hourly employee. Um, one is we're, we're incentivizing them to do things to make them a better employee. Right. And, and a lot of people go, yeah, but then I'm going to lose them. And we've, I'm sure we've talked about this on some other podcasts. I'd rather have a highly trained employee that I'm going to lose than be stuck with garbage. Yeah. For yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. that's what happens if they're incentivized, they'll actually do more. They'll stay engaged. They'll do more. 
And if they become less incentivized, they become less efficient over the years. Well, the other thing that I've noticed, and this is pretty anecdotal, and so I can't guarantee that this will happen. It's just been my experience. When a company has someone that they help transition, that person sets a standard for that position in the company that tends to attract a higher caliber of person to fill the gap. That's right. And, and so, yeah, you might risk losing someone, but that person, they've got a network and they're going to make, you know, recommendations of, oh, hey, this is who you want to hire to fill the gap. They've set a standard and it, it naturally weeds out some of the garbage that you don't want. So even though you're having kind of a natural attrition, you're getting, you know, the overall quality of, of labor is, is increasing for your, for your company. Yeah. So look for ways to better your employees because when you invest in them, they, they get it mm-hmm. and they like that. And, and I'm, you, you know me, I, I truly believe that if I, if someone's working around me, I'm really good at developing people and they're always, I'm always going to go on to something bigger and better. Right. They do. I, if you look at my pattern of history, I can actually stand behind that one and make that arrogant comment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but that's because I invest a lot into seeing that I want good employees, highly trained employees, and I'm going to give them those opportunities. Right. And yeah. and if you've hired right, the majority of them will take advantage of that um, and better themselves. So now if they are hourly and they're doing things, I know that they're investing in themselves and other things, knowing that, yeah, I am going to lose them. You know, about every two years I lose somebody. Sure, yeah. Um, but it's a good thing because they go on to bigger, bigger things. I, I couldn't be happier, right, uh, right. honestly. Because because uh, the program that we've implemented is making people more successful. Yeah. And that's because we believe in you get paid to get things done, not work hours. And and so I want to hit on one more piece on the hourly uh, that also works. So you've talked about, you know, getting them to advance their, their skill set. But I'm going to talk about getting them to just be happy and satisfied. So if I have an hourly employee and they're a great hourly employee, I'll go to them and I'll just ask them, hey, what do you, what do you like to do? What's of interest to you? And try and figure out a way on the clock to let them work on stuff that matters to them. And so it, it's a super simple incentive that actually doesn't cost you anything, you, the company, right. anything, because, okay, you're already paying this person the typical 40 hours a week, right? And so you're paying them 40 hours, and you just go to them and you say, look, here's the deal. I'm going to keep you at 40 hours. I don't want you going into overtime because then it starts costing me money, right? So don't go into overtime, but we're going to keep you at the 40 hours. Do you think you could get your job done in 36 hours? Well, yeah, you know, I could. Okay, so I want you to get your job done in 36 hours. If you do, as an incentive, for those four hours, what, you know, what do you like to do? What, what is enjoyable? You know, you mentioned at the, right. uh, at the beginning where you're like, let them, you know, let them shop online for, you know, whatever. And if you make that as an understood standard where it's like, look, get your stuff done first and then you can have this freedom and that can free up time so that when you go home from work, you don't have to take care of those little things. You know, you already took care of those little things while you were at work. So you get to go home and now you have more time to just be with your family because you're not worrying about all that stuff. Huge incentive. And I've seen people that it's so funny, like you offer them a small 
chunk, you know, say like that extra four hours that they get to just use for themselves. And if you think about it, okay, so I've got an hourly employee and let's say just for simple math, uh, you know, I'm paying them 15 bucks an hour, right? So that's costing me 60 bucks. I get that there's a little bit more of, you know, incentives and, you know, benefits and stuff. Think about it. Even if that's, even if that's once a week, 60 bucks, right? Yeah. Do the, do the math. It's not that much. Yeah. yeah. O- over the course of a year. $200 a month. And so, so that, that equates out to about $3,000 a year. Okay. And so I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm paying this person 15 bucks an hour. You know, it's costing me figuratively $3,000 a year to keep them. They could go get a job for double that, but they won't leave because they're like, well, I got to do my stuff here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm keeping you engaged and happy for the equivalent of $3,000, you know? And, and so it, it, it's, it's a, it's a simple way to do it. It means a lot to people. Um, and it works. Uh, one, one note on that same one, too, there's when we talk about the communication and the trust, um, it's a standing item with me that um, you know how I feel, but at the same time, you know what we have to do, what we have to get done. So uh, you need to have, I expect you to have the maturity that if you don't ask for time off when we can't afford it, right? There's right. sometimes that you just, you can't have it then, so don't even ask. Don't and, don't and, be, put me in the position to be the bad guy because if you don't have the maturity to understand that one, uh, I you shouldn't be working. Well, you won't be working for me. Yeah, and 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 don't waste my time. Yes, you know I, I expect I, a high level maturity for you to analyze and understand that. And when I when I can make those adjustments in my schedule, when I can sneak away for the afternoon to go to a school play, or when I can leave a little bit earlier this day to go catch a you know a kid's baseball game, um, or you know a dance recital. But 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 you better not make it like if you leave you know and you caught leave your me high uh, and dry. Yeah, like like the the report was supposed to be done on my desk. I get yeah. the report. It's garbage. I have to rework your bad mistake. Yeah. You, you lose the benefit. Yeah. Like, no, when you get it done, you get it done right. Yeah. You have to have that. And that's a common uh, conversation up front that, that everyone has to have that maturity to understand that uh, there are just some times when you, you can't have the flexibility because yeah. those, every organization has them. Yeah. And so don't, don't go down that road. So, can, can, can I hit on something yes. that I think is super important? If you want to do this right, you have to, have to, no exceptions, have to understand your financials and understand financial analysis, financial ratio analysis. Yeah, I agree. Because this is what will happen if you don't. You'll get a likable, charismatic person, and they will convince you that they're being productive. And if you can't see the actual numbers in your business, you have no way to determine whether or not you are being productive. But if you have actual financials, you can say to someone, you can be like, hey, I appreciate you show up on time. You got all the reports done. Your space is clean and organized. But guess what? We're moving in the wrong direction. All of our efficiency ratios are moving in the wrong direction. They're like, what are efficiency ratios? <laughs> you know? And so w- when, when you look at it through that lens, then you can, because we're talking right now, paying people to get stuff done. 
And a lot of times you'll have people that will get the wrong stuff done. They'll be actively engaged. They'll get it done quickly and promptly, but they're getting the wrong stuff done. And so I'm just going to put it out there that if you want to do this and if you want to do it and actually have it work, you have to back it up with financial ratio. I I agree. Um, So a couple concepts to think about as you're doing this one and helping people understand it because most people don't have the mindset to do it. So you have to kind of help coach them through that and make the shift. And if you're one listening and you're not sure what to do, there's some great stuff online. There's a course called, you know, getting things done that you can take by crucial learning. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can go get the book. I I think it's David Allen. Uh, who, who wrote it, um, the four hour work or the, there's the other one you mentioned, uh, the four hour work week yeah, or something I, like that. So I, I've I actually never read that. I haven't read it directly, but I know uh, it exists and I know the, the idea behind there, it. There's one of not giving a, uh, explicit that I can't say on the show. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's that book. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot out there and, on this concept. Um, so here's a, a couple principles to do. One is I go by Ohio. Um, like the state of Ohio, which is only handle it once. Mm. Okay. So emails, uh, phone calls, other things. Uh, don't, don't look at it. Wonder what I'm going to do. No. If it's something that needs to be addressed, you just address it, get it done and off your plate. Yeah. Right. Only handle it once. Yeah. So, um, I like that concept. That's, uh, that's a big concept. I call it the touch it once principle. Yeah. Or touch it once. Yeah. You know. Same thing. Um, I always refer to it as Ohio because I love Ohio State football, so it resonates and it's easy for me to remember. That. Perfect, perfect. But 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 with only handling it once, uh, part of handling it is putting it in the correct box. Correct. Because you know handling it doesn't mean that you have to address everything immediately. Right. If that's, you're running around, that's you absolutely know, right. Trying to do damage control and put out fires, you you might only be handling everything once, but you're handling it very poorly. And so handling it means when it comes in, it gets organized where it needs to be organized so that when you are, okay. Dressing that that box. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, I have this, you know, I have this customer issue, uh, but I need to get some information first. So handling it once is you immediately send off the email to the person and say, I need some information so I can get back to this customer. Then they get you the email back. Then you reach out to the customer. You don't reach out to the customer and say, hey, we're on top of this. Don't you worry. We got it. And then try and reach out to the other person and then reach back out to the customer. And I reached out to the person just letting you know, as soon as I hear back, I'll let you. It's like, no, you know, that's, that's, that's touching it multiple times. Yeah. So just handle things. Uh, and, and, and I mean, lean manufacturing teaches this concept in various ways because they have lean office, lean manufacturing that, you know, find ways to be more efficient. So you're only touching things once, whether that's office work, a manufacturing line, et cetera, it's all fine. Uh, another one I really uh, harp down is be where you need to be when you need to be there. Okay. Right? So if I need to be in a meeting, be present and be in the meeting. Oh. Right? Don't Be present, yes. So don't, be in the, don't be in the meeting, but your mind is somewhere else. If you're going to be in the meeting, be in the meeting. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you can't mentally or whatever else be in the meeting, then uh, honestly, don't go because yeah. you're worthless anyways. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, and, and then the flip side of that coin is also uh, when you need to be doing something, be doing that thing. Well, and I would say this. A lot of times as managers, we get this idea that something's done when I'm done with it. 
Like, yeah. no, something's done when it is done. And so if you set aside 10 minutes to meet with somebody and it's going to take 30 minutes to resolve the issue, but you tell them, you're like, look, I've only got 10 minutes, so let's make this quick. Don't. Don't. That's right. You know, just, and, and, and you won't always know this, you know, I mean, you could set aside a short period of time and then realize that, oh, this is going to take more time. You tell them, we don't have enough time to resolve all of this now. Let's schedule a follow-up time. Let's schedule a little bit more time, you know, right. make sure that it's happening. And yeah. So, so have the presence of mind to be in the right place doing what you need to be doing. Yeah. Cause it's nowadays with so many distractions going on, it's, it's easy for someone to come into a meeting and be on their phone and they're distracted. No, just put your phone in your pocket. Um, and and we, we did a cool episode about four months ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, are you addicted to your phone? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a little quiz in there. So, you know, if you if you want a little bit of guidance as to whether you're present in a meeting, swing back to the episode, are you addicted to your phone? <laughs> yeah. Um, another one I think is as a concept that's important is communication becomes significant. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not talking face-to-face communication, but uh, communication in a way that, that if we have a, projects that are going on, we can see how those projects are moving along. We have a way to track it. So we know that things are, are progressing um, uh, communication from the standpoint that, uh, you know what I mean? I, I'm this week, I'm pounding out some stuff. Uh, I am going to be gone this afternoon to go to such and such a personal event. Um, I know I have a report there, uh, but I've got it under control, so we won't have any issues there. See, because if if people just know that you're on top of stuff and you're seeing the big picture, they don't stress over it, right? Right. It's, wait a minute, they're gone and there's a report to be due, and I, I, I don't know if you're working on it. I don't know if it's done, right? So having some open communication of where it's actually at and, and honest communication, right? It's easy to say, oh, I got it under control even though I haven't started it. Yeah, uh, no. So, so be, be honest communication that, yeah, look, it started. I'm, I'm not too worried that we'll get it done. The rest of the date is there. I just need to get it organized in it or adjust the spreadsheet. Or, um, But communication really does a lot of things to build trust and get rid of the stigma of, Hey, you know, if I'm out of the office, why am I out of the office? Yeah. Can, can I give, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a side tangent here for a second on communication, uh, especially dealing with communication in our modern world. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about paying uh, people to get stuff done, uh, one of the biggest things, and we touched on this in a uh, recent episode, where flexibility is one of the top desired compensations, you know, form of compensation is, is yeah. flexible work schedules, oh, yes. ability to work from home. Right. So we're talking about communication here. We know, and the numbers are approximately 30% of your communication is verbal. 70% of your communication is body language. Well, here's the interesting thing. And this is what will happen. And I apologize. I don't have an actual number to put behind it. This would be an interesting study. I wonder if someone's done the study, but when you communicate with someone via a video conference, like a, you know, a zoom or a teams or, a, you know, Google meets or something like that, Um, versus you communicate with someone uh, face-to-face in person, you are having a better relation. You are building a better relationship with the person face-to-face. And so if you're offering flexibility and you have someone who's working remotely 
And if this continues for an extended period of time, you as a manager, you actually have to try harder and spend more time with the remote worker to have the same level of relationship develop over time as you do with someone who is, you know, in front of you face to face. Now, I'm an advocate of, you know, allowing people to work from home. That's the modern, you know, the modern workforce that we're in. And that's what people want. And so I'm very much an advocate of that. But you got to realize if you have, so, you know, you do like a one-on-one meeting with someone and you meet with one person in person and you meet with them weekly for an hour, uh, you know, once a week for an hour, uh, and then you meet with someone remotely once a week for an hour, the person that you meet with in person, you will start to favor them and prefer them as a person because you have a stronger bond because you have an in-person relationship with them. And so you, as a manager, to not fall into the trap of favoritism, you need to spend some additional time with the remote worker. Like maybe you need to touch in periodically throughout the week just to see how they're doing, you know, and, and build that relationship so that you don't have, you know, favoritism creeping in that's causing a, you know, an imbalance in the workplace. Total side tangent. There you go. Well, no, but that's a great point. Uh, but also keep in mind, uh, directly related to that is if I have someone that is productive, mm-hmm. but personality-wise, we don't really match, okay? Because those happen. <laughs> that happens a lot. A Zoom meeting is a good way because they're generally shorter. I don't have to really be with them in the same room, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But you can still get some things accomplished. So keep that in mind that that's a good way to not get it to where they, they just, the contention because of, you know, uniqueness is in personality, not productivity that and, it can be there. And, and, you know, going off of that is this idea that if you want them to be productive, if you're going to only do Zoom meetings with them, they need to have a clear understanding of what productivity is. Yes. And you need to let them run with it. You need to give them enough autonomy Correct. that, and this this has nothing to do with whether you like them or don't like them because you, you would manage the same way for, you know, whether you like the person or don't like the person. Um, but it's clear directives of what is productive, you know, outcomes for the company uh, so that you're going to have these short meetings and then you got to let them run. You got to trust them. You got to give them autonomy. You got to let them make decisions. Uh, and then you can have those short Zoom meetings. Now, the last thing I want to kind of bring up or discuss um, is what, what it, I mean, a lot of people call it the law of the harvest, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to get into the whole details of it because some people tie it into religion, other people tired into farmer's almanac, other people tired, it's just, it goes all over the place. But the, the idea behind it is if I'm a manager, okay, and I have employees that I'm trying to get them to, to gain and understand the idea um, that I want you to be more efficacious in the things that you're doing, which then allows you to be more efficacious in so many other areas of your life because it creates more flexibility. Um, the law of the harvest is a good uh, way for me to help gauge whether they're being successful or not. And, th- and it's solely because of this. Uh, I love the one concept that uh, it, it, in the law of the harvest, the principle is if I plant a seed, what does the seed produce? Fruit. We a hope. lot of fruit. Yeah. Does that make sense? So if I plant one kernel of corn, it produces a hundred kernels of corn, mm-hmm. right? So generally if someone is being efficacious in what they're doing, 
their productivity seems high because uh, planting one seed to do it, and the more they do it, the more productive they, they, they feel like they're becoming, right? Yeah. So that's the concept behind it is that if people really are trying to become more, uh, uh, I guess the key word today is efficacious. This can be... Like one this episode was brought to you by the word efficacious. I know, the Sesame Street thing. <laughs> is Sesame Street still even on TV? Do you know? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it is, but I don't know anymore. I like Sesame Street. So, um, yeah, the word of the day is efficacious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, mm. We just lost a lot of listeners on that. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but, yeah, if they're, if they're being efficacious and you're allowing them to you know, learn that, hey, I get paid to get things done, not to work hours, you find that they become more productive. Yeah. That law of the harvest that they've planted a seed, but now it's the grain is produced a hundred. You know what I mean? But but here, uh, and this is another important point, not everyone will produce the same amount. Uh, That's right. So you're going to have high producers, medium producers, low producers, as a manager, I would advise you to treat anyone who gives you a positive ROI correct the same as anyone who gives you an amazing now not not a hundred percent the same like if you have just an all star employee that you know they're amazing for the company, you can give them bonuses incentives, all sorts of things right but what I'm saying is you should not single out people based on their level of performance when we're talking about you know, hitting them up based on productivity, anyone that is giving you a solid ROI. So, you know, they cost money. They cost the company money. And if I'm paying them a salary of 80000 a year and I'm getting 200000 you know, value out of them and I'm paying someone else 80000 and I'm getting 300000 value out of them, those should be, the, they're equal because circumstances are different. And a lot of times we'll use hours as an equalizer. You know, if I work my 40 hours, I work my 40 hours. And who cares what I produce as long as I'm, you know, sitting at my desk for 40 hours. And and so it's hard as a manager to give people autonomy and recognize that some people are going to, you know, really produce and some people are going to, you know, kind of produce. As long as they're producing, they're good. And, and you'll have that. You look at any sports team, mm-hmm. you know, there's like, okay, who's the starting, you know, who's the starting star player? And then who are the other players? Well, if you pull out the other players and only have the star player, they're no longer a star player. You know, it's like, well, you might be the one who's scoring all the goals, but who's giving you all the assists? And, and, and so you've got to understand that it's hard to understand exactly where that team effort is coming from. So don't be quick to, you know, say, well, this person's good, this person's not good. If they're producing, if their ROI is positive, keep them. You know, yeah. they're good. And I, and I like that fact that that always, and if you're not sure how to track the ROI, um, that might be, we might need to do that as another episode because that's an interesting concept is how, how do we gauge you know, the value that we're getting from our employees. And I think we've touched on it on a few over the years, but maybe there's some uh, recognition to maybe focus on that one and just do an episode on it. We got to consider that. We, 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 we could. Uh, it gets, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it gets tricky, a little hairy, but but if we, we can could... give some concepts and things to look at, then at least they have some guidance to understand. Because a lot of employers, honestly, they don't they don't know whether their employees are producing an ROI or not. Well, and it's easy when you have like a sales team because you can look and see what they're selling. But okay, so I've got a finance department. How much is you know collectibles worth? Yeah. Well, technically, collectibles is bringing in more money than your sales team. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like it's it's really inter. Okay, we're so that's what I say. It might it probably warrants having it. So we're, we're we're doing an episode on that. So right. that that'll be good. But um, so, anyways, I I hope we've shared a little bit about our our focus and how we truly believe that hey, you know, when you shift your mindset from working hours, because hours do not equal productivity. Right. I, I, you can argue against me however you want, it's fine. But hours generally don't produce productivity, but shifting that mindset to, hey, look, I get paid to get things done, you know, that, hey, you know what, if I need to be here on Saturday, it's fine, because that's what it takes to get things done. And, you know, and even simple things like, um, arguably, you know, I, I don't care if someone makes a personal phone call during the day, I don't. But you know what? My understanding is, is look, if we're going to get things done, that means that guess what? On Friday night, when I'm thinking about something, if I give you a call, you better by damn answer the phone, <laughs> right? Because if I'm giving you those latitudes to have that flexibility, yeah, right. Now, generally, I'm not okay, but there's been a few times in a crisis where, yeah, I have. I've been on a road trip and I'm trying to get something ready for the next day, and I'm sorry, I got to bother you. And and but people know that about me. That look. Uh, if it's not urgent, I'm not going to just bother you to do it. But because we're trying to get things done, I give you a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, latitude to do things, but you got to give me that little bit of respect back that do that. And, and that's what we find is you're more productive. You, you don't get bothered about things like that. And we're so focused on getting things done that we find that we're so much more efficacious in everything that we do during the day. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right. So with that, I guess we can close this episode unless you have any final remarks. Just get it done. So, no, get her done. Get her done. <laughs> who, who coined that? Some guy. Uh, wasn't that Jeff Foxworthy? Oh, maybe it was. Or the or the other guy that's with him. I forget his name. Yeah. The, uh, it sucks when you're the sidekick. Cause, yeah. Because he's gotten on to do some of the things, though. I can see Bill, his face. No, I think it's Bill something. It could be. Anyway, go get her done. So, All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, uh, if you have any uh, great comments or thoughts on episodes, send us an email to Ryan Murray at money. So close, but you're like not close at all. Darn it. Well, you always say that line, not me. It's just Ryan. Oh, Ryan at marketing, management, and money. Closer. Ryan at management, marketing, and money. (laughs) Ryan at <laughs> money management and marketing. And I was wondering why, like, I feel like we're just not hearing from people. Uh, oh, now I know why. Because they can't I, find it at I keep, Ryan at marketing management money. No and. Oh, yes. Sorry. Ryan at marketing management money dot com. I'm going to I'm going to memorize that for next time because one of these times you're going to fire me for that. Oh, should we, should we, maybe we should do an Ethan at marketing management money. He told no. me, he, he told me that you. he wouldn't reply appropriately. So 
there's probably some truth to that. <laughs> All, right, All right. Take so, care. Bye. <laughs>